Welcome to Nairobi Chapel Embakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Matthew 16, verse 13 to 20. Matthew 16, verse 13 to 20. Verse 13 to 20. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. Then Jesus asked, what about you? Who do you say that I am? Simon answered, you are the Messiah, son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. This was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. The gates of Hades will not come over it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Let's pray. Father, we cannot understand your word without your help. We will not even be able to do what you ask us to do without your help. Jehovah, even holding your word in our hearts, we cannot do. And so we ask, by the power of the Spirit of God that lives inside of us, that you help us to hold your word in our hearts, to understand it, and to do it. We know the enemy seeks, even at this moment, to prevent us from not only hearing your word, but understanding it, and allowing it to dwell in us to produce good fruit. And so, Jehovah, once again, we cannot fight off the enemy without your help. Help us, everlasting Father. In Jesus' name we all say, Amen. Merry Christmas. Amani mapema. My Christmas decorations were up on the 15th of November. Praise the Lord. How many of their decorations up? Decorations? I always look forward. So, tunakuanga tuna diary, tunajua tu 15th hapo mahali, decorations. But, I don't just do decorations. I take time to think of Jesus. Because it's time where the whole world stops. Atheists stop. Buddhists, even the Muslims, they stop. I dare say that even if you don't believe him as much, your holiday will enjoy. Praise the Lord. Whether you believe it or not. And so I take time to think of him. Because he's the reason for this season. He's why we are not only in the house of God, but the reason we celebrate Christmas. The reason there's lights all over the place. The reason some of us could not wait to put up decorations. 
House of Leather. Yeah. Thank God for House of Leather. A round of applause for House of Leather. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason he could not wait. But in thinking about Jesus, we must ask ourselves the question, why did he consistently call himself not only the Son of God, the bread of heaven, but the Son of Man? Why? Why did he use it? Why did he go to such extent to remind everyone that he was the Son of Man? There is over 48 portions of scripture that tell us that Jesus called himself Son of Man. But unfortunately, when we think of Jesus, like I've just said in the beginning, we don't want to think about the fact that he was human. I don't know if this is a cliche message because you've heard this before probably. But why can't we just accept 100% that this guy was a human being? He was as human as you and I. He had flesh. You could touch him. How many of us believe, let me just flip it, Kidogo, that Jesus was the son of God? Son of God? Yeah, yeah. How many of us believe that he was a human being? Huh? How many of us believe he had a natural life? How many of us believe he struggled through life like any of us? If you believe that Jesus is a human being, so you must believe that he was born of Mary. That the stories that we are told in scripture, all the way from Matthew to John, are true. That he had a father. In as much as he didn't sire him, he was still his earthly father. Joseph, the carpenter, not the king. That he had brothers and sisters. He had cousins. One of them was called Jonte. Hallelujah. Mm. That he had a teenage life. That maybe Alisumbua, Mary and Joseph. I think he did. That he had a young adult life. That exactly the, th the exact things you deal with, even as a young adult, he dealt with. Will I go there or not? Is pastor going to go there? That he had an adult life. That he experienced the exact same things you experience. So how come we find it very difficult to talk about Jesus, the man? When I was thinking about what to speak about in this month, I remember the conversation we had with the staff team. And I just asked the question, guys, do you believe Jesus was a man? Do you believe stretch up about Do you believe pastor? Do you believe you're stretching it? And I was like, these are believers. Because church we hire believers. But they were finding it very difficult to think about Jesus, the man. And I dare say, most of us do. In as much as we believe, we do. 
Some people actually believe in history that Jesus went to the far lands of India and Tibet. Imagine. And it will learn spirituality. Why do they say that? Because between the years of 12 and 30, we don't know anything that happened to Jesus. We don't. Some believe that he learned spiritual knowledge by secret teachings. He discovered and, he, uh, and trained himself in occult knowledge. At Inawanda, he did the things that he did. What do you believe happened in his life between the years of 12 and 30? I dare say in the house of God that the same things you've experienced are the same things you experienced. But let me revisit this later. Pastor, I hear you, some of us are saying, but how do you then describe the Holy Spirit coming upon Mary and the power of God filling her to the point she's pregnant? If this guy was fully man, and I know these are cliche questions, then how do we reconcile the fact that this man was fully God? How does the Holy Spirit come upon a man? We know he's Jesus, he's God, but how? How do you explain that the devil... Devils knew his name. They knew him. Whenever, even in the synagogue, in the temple, he walked in, possessed or something sick, and the demons loudly said, hey, hey, boss, it is not our time yet. Leave us alone. How does a man, human being, be known of the devil? Do the devils know your name? See, question, I'm just... How do you explain that this man healed the sick? How? Nimeomba for nikuena the nini of healing. Father God. Nikekuena smama tuwa pa Jehovah. Wale wa homa jipangeni hapo. Sasa hivi. Wale wa sijuye COVID kujeni in Jesus name. Father. Fire from heaven. How do you explain when he come the storm? What power was he using? So it's God's power, but where was his flesh when he was coming the storm? How do those things reconcile in this man? How do you explain walking on water? My son the other day niangalia to my face boldly. I think I can walk on water. Jesus was Black Panther. How do you explain how he fed the 7,000? Seven, not five. Actually, it's nine thousand. It's five thousand and four thousand. How do you explain what happened to the bread? What happened to the fish? Hallelujah. What happened? How did his human being self able to do all these things? I know it's in God's power, but how? These are questions. How do you explain? That he got transfigured. That he died and rose again. Sour is the spirit of God. But where was this guy's flesh? Because he was fully man. And fully God. But how do you explain the flesh? One of the questions that I know. Grapple many of us. With this belief. Of whether this Jesus son of God. Is the flesh. Like. How? How? We have this question, but answering it, kuna. if somebody asked you, please explain to me fully man, fully God. There's always 
Like a place you get, you're like, eh, how? This is one of the reasons Jesus is asking the question to his disciples. And all these are guys. What do people say that I am? Who do people say that I am? I asawa. Who do you say that I am? And this is a question I have for us today. Who do you think Jesus is? Is he a prophet to you? Is he just a man? Who do you actually believe this Jesus is? Have you ever gone to the very depths of your soul and asked yourself, do I really believe in this Jesus? And if I do, what version? Is it the prophet version? The miracle-working God? The friend that seeks closer than a brother? Who do you believe Jesus to be? I believe two things led Jesus to ask the question to his, his disciples. If you read the, the book of Matthew very well, in Matthew 11, John the Baptist is in prison. Ameshikwa. Remember when you were John, your cousin. Your cousin is in jail. John sends a message to his cousin, Jesus. Kumuliza, hey boss, are you the one that was promised? This is interesting because he's the same John who told us when Jesus was being baptized, hey, and I'm here, Jesus, boss, I can't even baptize you. So he knows who Jesus is. But he's in prison. Now he's like, eh, what's happening here? Are you the one? Jesus tells him, bro. He didn't even answer his, his question. Now, but imagine the, uh, the blind are seeing miracles are happening, things are happening, things that probably you did not really think through. You don't know. John is asking the question. The second thing I think is the reason why Jesus is asking this question is Matthew 13. Jesus is sharing his parables in the book a lot. Then he decides to go home. Ah, miss my people. He goes home. And they were offended, the Bible says, because of him. They looked at him and asked, who, 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 who's new le carpenter's son? We know your dad, Juan. So how come you're over here at the at you're doing miracles? At you're the son of I even know your brothers. In the sister Jews. How dare you say at you're the son of God? I actually believe because of these two reasons, Jesus hands to his disciples and asks them, who do you then say that I am? And as a believer or somebody who professes Christ, you must define that for yourself. Who do you actually believe Christ to be? Who is he to you? Is he just the person who answers your prayer? Or is he God? Is he your prophet? Who is Jesus to you? One of the things that Jesus says when he addresses the issue, especially with his family, is where I want to dwell on. The Bible tells us they took offense at Jesus. They could not believe that the man, the young man they've seen grow up in their midst, 
Ati is now the son of God. And you know those family members? Ati, ay. Ati. Uyu kijana wajuzi ati ndiyo. Aya. Ati sikuizi ya kona range rov. Aya. Ati anaoa. Alipata msichana wapi. We know him. They took offense at the Lord. And Jesus responds with the most powerful, profound statement in scripture. A prophet is without honor at his own town and in his own home. But what the Bible says immediately after that, at the end of chapter 13, is what we're going to finish today. The Bible states that Jesus never did many miracles there because of their lack of faith. So he stopped. If you fast forward to the life of Paul, Paul assumed he was sent to the, Jew, uh, the Jews. He had so much unbelief in them, he switched to the Gentiles. Then God comes and tells him, this is what I called you to do. Jesus' own family, Jesus' own family, had no faith in him. And you can imagine how painful that was. Have you ever been used of God to the point that your family does not even understand? Jesus was number one. When I hear young people say, my mom does not get it. Jesus' mom never got it. He ne she never did. Even the brothers. At some point, the scripture tells us, they didn't even believe in him. They didn't. The brothers. They got to understand him later in life, but they never believed him. They had no faith. No faith whatsoever. So my question to us today is, could it be that you have no faith? Or, if you have it, it is shaken. It is shaken. And could it be that the reason you are struggling with your faith is simply because you find offense with this man Jesus? That you don't believe that he's just the son of man or the son of God? Could it be that there's a specific reason your faith has been shaken and that because your expectation of Jesus was very high on it and he never came through, now you're offended. What expectations do you have of the Lord? One of the biggest expectations we have is since I'm born again, no trouble. <laughs> Those. I have received the Lord. Sasa, me akuna. Ah, shidagani, boss. We know no problems. Since I know of the Lord, my kids will be okay. Anashiku na homu nasema, eh? Ama maybe nimesahu kuomba. Remember the very first time, these ages ago, when my daughter was sick, I was like, eh? Jehovah, I thought you were Rafa. Nambianga watu every Sunday, Jehovah Rafa, eh, eh? Is, what is this? What's your expectation of this Jesus that you claim to know? And has he met that expectation? Ama me could disappoint. And if he's disappointed your expectation, what was the original belief of who you thought he was? Who do you think Jesus is? That's the question today. If you claim to know him, it's based on what belief? 
Now Jesus, especially when he disappoints us, has become the son of the carpenter. Because now all of a sudden, have you ever, have you ever expected something from a song of land? I'm a somebody you thought me song. Expectation. You went to an office, Kambiwa, and office ya Ule Jama. And then you went to the office. And then the help you sought never came. What is the Kenyan thing that you normally say? We do the same to Christ. Because when he doesn't meet our expectations, all of a sudden, we are like the family members who said he's the son of a carpenter. We thought, hi, boss, me, I'm thinking your God, Kumbe, you're just the son of a carpenter. The problem with that is it will slowly corrode our hearts with unbelief. The more you place expectations on Jesus, especially that are unfounded even in his word, the more he doesn't meet them, the more he's just a man to you, and the more unbelief overwhelms you. Before long, chances are you're backslidden. And you've left the faith. And all of a sudden now it's you, yourself, and you. Me, myself, and I. To the very end of time. Your faith begins to wane, wane off, it dies off. You have a backslidden heart. Chances are, God is not on your radar anymore. Jesus responded to all of this by saying, Blessed are you. When you're not offended with me. Blessed are you when you have expectations of me that are founded in his word. Not of your own self. Blessed are you when you don't lose faith because of me. He is the very definition of faith. So I'll ask again, who is Jesus to you? Who is he? Who, who is this person? You say Christ is in my heart. Who is he to you? One scholar called this the blessedness of the unoffended. What God is calling us to is to not be offended because of him. To not worry that he was a man. To not put our expectations on him. Especially our own selfish expectations. And then expect the God of heaven who rules the earth to meet them. Offense in Jesus comes to us normally when trials overwhelm us. The trials in life. I remember when I lost my job once. And then at how? Jehovah, what do you mean? What trials have overwhelmed you to the point that your faith is shaken? Which ones? What is offending you about Christ? You know that place that, let me just say it the way it is. You know that place that you're wondering, ah, Jehovah, he jokes. You say to your God, you know that place. We all have that place, isn't you? 
The place you are, unangali, unashindua. You are the God of heaven. You are the God who created the universe. Spider-Man has nothing on you. December 17th, by the way. See what we're moving. Sawa. Iron Man has nothing on you. Superman can't even get to you. You are Jehovah. So how come I'm dealing with this? How? That's what we are talking about today. What is offending you about Christ? Because Christ has commanded, I dare say, that blessed are you when you're not offended in me. What is offending you about Jesus? What is that place, Unendanga, even before you sleep? He used to pray. But you're like, ah, how, Jehovah? I can't be dealing with X and you call yourself Jesus. At the lover of my soul. How? One of the things that you experience as a church, especially last year, when deaths began to happen, is most began saying, if the Lord knew that he was going to take this person from my life, why couldn't he even at least prepare me in advance? Pastor, mute an excuse. I never thought this would happen. How? If the Lord was who he says he is, if God in heaven, he's the, he created me, I'm his child, then how come I'm dealing with this? How? We struggle with that a lot. Because we preach, we talk, we encourage others. So when we go through stuff, you're like, wait, wait, God, God, God. How? I pray, I read the word of God, I sit, I commune with the Lord, I meditate on the scriptures. So Jehovah, this will happen. How have you done this? Who do you say Jesus is? The trials in our lives are not meant to kill our faith. That's not the point. And we know this. They are meant to grow us to maturity in God. Fortunately or unfortunately. They are meant to grow our faith in him. In Jehovah. Why is that? Jesus gave the perfect example. Hebrews chapter 12. Consider. Consider. The writer says. Jesus. And how he never quit on his way to the cross. How do you not quit on the way to your trial? Because he was God. Who was also fully man. Who showed us that the trials that he allows in our lives are to build us up in the faith. Because of what he went through, he is now seated at the right hand of God himself. That is how the portion of Hebrew... 12, 1 to 3 ends. When we go through trials, the end of that is perfection. Believe it or not. Last year we preached somebody uh, something called sorrow is better than laughter. But it is true. The place of sorrow reminds you of your life. How many of us have ever gone to a funeral and most of the time you sit there and you're wondering hey, how life is just but like a flower one minute is there the next is not the 
purpose of trials is to lift us up. Let's read James chapter 1 verse 2 to 8. I'll read it for us. James 1, 2 to 8, eh? NIV. Consider it pure joy. Consider it pure joy. You know this verse. My brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance, verse 4, finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. What the writer is telling us is to consider trials joy. That difficult thing, that thing is that he's giving you sleepless nights. Sleepless and sleepless. Sleepless nights. Consider it joy. When you face trials of many kinds. Because it produces what? Perseverance. When perseverance has finished its, its work in you, you are mature, you're complete. And the Bible, not me, not Pastor Fred, not Nairobi Chapel Mbakasi, that when you're mature and complete, you will lack nothing. Nothing. So what are we told to do? When these trials come, when we feel offended in God, when our faith is dying, when we can pray no more, what is God telling us? Ask God. Ask and it shall be given. It's not material stuff. God is saying, in those difficult moments, when you can't anymore, ask anyway. Go down on your knees and say, Jehovah, I have no joy. Jehovah, but I need your strength. Prayer is not abracadabra. Prayer is communication. The same way to nakatianaga, hallelujah. The same way to nakatianaga, hallelujah. The same way to nakatianaga, hallelujah. Amen. We have kids here. Akuna. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. The same way is the same way God expects you to talk to him. Same as Jehovah, my faith needs to be lifted. The trials in my life have overwhelmed me. I am tired, Jehovah. I cannot do this without you. He says, when you ask, sorry, if any of you lacks wisdom, wisdom for what? Wisdom to know the issues here, the perseverance, the testing, the faith, the trials, wisdom to know. Jehovah, is this a trial? Jehovah, is this? And what am I supposed to do? When trials come, the number one thing you're supposed to do is speak to the Lord. Ask for wisdom. Jehovah. Eh, this boss of mine, this friend, <laughs> give me wisdom. That is what he expects. And 
he will give it to you. But when you ask, I'm say, Mama, very keenly, believe, don't doubt. Doubt what? What should, shouldn't we doubt? Jesus, the Son of God, who is also the Son of Man. Don't doubt him because you remember he's a carpenter. Ama, you so put him down that you don't even believe he has power to change anything in your life. Don't doubt him because now squeeze you gonna pesa. So you don't feel as though Jesus can do anything. I remember when I was told that now I shall be leading a church. Now at faith. Faith What is that? What is it? What's your doubt? You must believe when you ask him. And not doubt. Don't doubt the Lord. And if you still doubt him, why? He has proved himself. How many of us knew for a fact they'll be here in December? None of us. He proves himself daily. So how dare you doubt him? How dare you lose faith in him? But Anasema, if it happens, ask. Remember the, the dad whose son was dying in scripture? Then he goes to Jesus. Jesus anamambia, relax. He turns to Jesus with tears in his eyes. Anauliza Jesus, please increase my faith. That is what we need to be doing. Turn to the Lord in a moment of difficulty and say, Jehovah, increase my faith. Because without you, I, I have nothing. Where you are God himself, my faith. Guys, may we never be offended on the account of Jesus. May we never. May we never be those that lose our faith on the account of trials. Don't lose your faith. May we be those that grow in our faith when trials come. That way, we will lack nothing. Has your faith been shaken lately? I have a feeling the answer is yes. Because most of us in this season, Kwanza Kwanzaa last year, hi, boss. Did you expect God to intervene in your trial or temptation? And according to you, never. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. at Trubani House off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.